Good evening, creatures of the night. This is Zachary, host of the Midnight Mystics. It is midnight here on Shady Pines Radio, and you are listening to the Midnight Mystics. Tonight we've got a very special guest. Neon Felicity is in the house. Neon Felicity is the captain of UtopianCartography.com, which is a digest of a lot of embedded music and videos, thoughts, and blog posts that Neon Felicity uh, comes across that he believes can uh, change human consciousness for the better and affect the way that society uh, understands itself and understands um, the way the world works, all that good stuff. Please check out utopiancartography.com. Neon Felicity is writing a new book, which is a Utopia Manifesto, but I'll let him tell you all about it. Also, I requested some conscious hip-hop from Neon Felicity, so after our conversation, there's going to be a little playlist that he put together. So, without further ado, here is our conversation with Troubadour, workshop presenter, author, and manifesto digester, Neon Felicity. Read it, and you can tell me if you agree with it or not. Yeah, totally. Neon Felicity is a neo-Cartesian polygraphic fractal disc jockey who cuts and mixes paradigms of evolution uh, and who analyzes culture and how humans relate to their environments and the media they consume. Hell yeah, I love it. Cool. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I met you at the Lightning in a Bottle Festival. Yeah, totally. And actually, on second thought, um, I just contemplated it in a a little bit more and the the neo-cartesian thing might i'm i might uh uh quibble with uh only because <clears throat> i'm a monist and uh, i think uh descartes error of uh splitting the subject from the object was one of the great uh mistakes in the history of philosophy <laughs> well uh i'll do apologies to you <laughs> it's all good no totally so I wanted to talk to you about the importance of festivals and the importance of us being able to dance and celebrate life ecstatically together and how humans have been doing this forever, right? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. yeah. Definitely. Wait, was that a the question? Or? Yeah, like, like what, <laughs> do, what, do, what, do, what do you know about the, the history of, of us coming together in that way? And what, what brings you out to lightning in a bottle was another form of that question. Well, it's interesting, actually, because I'm in the middle of editing the chapter um, in my book on the Eleusinian mysteries in ancient Greece, and which were kind of an early precursor of these transformational festivals that we're having now, you know, like they were um, psychedelic gatherings where people would venerate nature <laughs> through their myths and, you know, all of arts of all different sorts. And so, I, I mean, I think that that's the fundamental core of the great part of humanity you know like the, the and that that we that we kind of lost that for a, like a couple thousand years of um imperialism basically um and that now we're just kind of we're being um reintroduced to these ancient um ways of gathering together um and you know where where the purpose is actually being <laughs> together you know like where there's not an end you know it's not a means to an end where existence is is the end that we're you know 
focus that we're focusing on and we're we can like you know re-enchant our lives by being in them you know like because i feel like a big part of our culture is you know dangling the carrots and sticks and or you know dangling the carrot in front of us and then wait you know holding a stick behind us you know so we're we're constantly being you know this society is you know for the past couple thousand years has been pushed and pulled by extrinsic motivators um and i think that there's something very um i guess spiritually fulfilling in the internal or you know the intrinsic gratification that comes with being together that, that was what was selected you know in us for um hundreds of thousands of years like that's part of how we became the dominant species on the planet was by being really good at being in tune with each other and knowing what each other is feeling and sensing each other's intentions and um being able to and that enables collaboration and and uh you know synergistic beauty to emerge um where you know uh then which is where culture comes from that's part of i i think that's so beautiful about um the human mind is that it's like able to do that in um communion with other members of our species and it's like i, I love that like um that I don't know that artistic collaborative thing that's like transmedial you know there's it, there's not confi confined to any it's like a conglomeration of all the different avenues by which humans have figured out how to express themselves you know and absorb each other's um i don't know greatest hopes and fears and you know like we're we can get into each other's minds and I, I think i love that about festivals is that like it's just like this cauldron of all these you know people having these very um profound experiences in their own right in their but then it, it's like these profound mystical experiences that everyone's having like bleed into each other and everybody can kind of like feel each other's um I don't know, um, deepest, uh, feelings, I guess. Um, yeah, 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 totally, totally. I feel like a, a melding, like an empathic synergy with everybody that I'm at these kinds of gatherings with. And that's what keeps me coming back for more over like the last seven to eight, 10 years, you know? Totally. Same here. Yep. Um, what is the title of your book? Um, Obsolete to Leviathan. I had, I had been... I, I I had been keeping it kind of, uh, I almost, I forgot that I um, wasn't sure if I, if I was trying to reveal it publicly yet, mostly just because, um, I, I don't know, it's because I love it so much, but yeah, the, the and the subtitle is um, an evolutionary techno-utopian manifesto. So it's like about, it's like, and it, it's a response to the basic, um, um, framework for governance of of civilization that was articulated by thomas hobbes in his book leviathan in 1652 which was a response to the obsolescence of the divine right of kings and the the monarchies basing their authority in um religious interpretations of an ancient text where and so he so he kind of 
he kind of basically was like, we need to do a secular version of the authoritarian parts of what the church had been able to do, but 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 with but extract the extracting the you know um, doctrinal peculiarities of any particular religion or whatever. And so part of my thesis is that like what happened at that time was a reorienting of our civic structures around commerce as because that was like the common the the lowest common denominator between all the different types of people that were practicing various different types of religions and different sects of Christianity and but the one thing they all had in common was commerce you know and so our civilization and and also that was the reason that there was even that revolution in the first place was because um the commercial actors in the civilization were able to um grow their power until they could they ultimately overthrew the church and so now it's now it's a plutocracy so it's like rather than the people who could you know most effectively say that yahweh put them in charge now it's you know the the money the the almighty dollar has kind of supplanted the yahweh as the legitimating factor that um our society you know basically places its uh sovereignty on you know like your your the amount of sovereignty you have is based on your bank account <laughs> under, under this uh religion um <laughs> this theocracy as i um uh um exhaustively <laughs> indicted as <laughs> uh me too me too i'm with you 100 percent uh i i copied and pasted something from your website i wanted to read real quick uh mm says although each of us is born with a unique set of genetic instructions we enter the world as a work in progress and await the deft hand of the ambient culture to sculpt the finishing touches among the two most important influences on a child are the emotional constellation of his or her immediate family and the configuration of his or her own culture trailing a close third is the principal medium with which the children the child learns to perceive and integrate his or her culture's information this medium will play a role in determining which neuronal pathways of the child's developing brain will be reinforced. And when I read that, I do think about how social media is like simultaneously evolving to reinforce certain behaviors and certain beliefs. And at the same time, it's changing us, like we're changing it and it's changing us at the same time. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on social media and how it can be a benefit to us and also how it might be holding us back from progress. Yeah, well, so I see social media as basically, I mean, the the two-way communication infrastructure that is that, have, that didn't exist before. I mean, the internet... Um, it's interesting to talk to try to think about whether um, so I think of the internet in general as social media but then I feel like there's another force that is known as social media which is like the major platforms which um, are kind of like the the um, which algorithmically curate the you know our information diets for us and given the fact that we're um living in this like late stage capital hyper capitalist um like dystopia there the 
it's not it's, it's there are imperatives in the algorithms that are not um pro so you know not necessarily pro social you know like i feel like there's and it's weird because on the one hand i as a techno utopian i do see you know the this two-way communication infrastructure between members of the population i i do see that as fundamentally enabling a whole new different type of civilization and i i think it's just being hamstrung by the by the constraints that are necessarily imposed on it by it functioning in the capitalist marketplace i so i think that there's i think that there's instead that these any billion you know any billion dollar company has incentives to you know um generally discombobulate the population especially the those who are questioning and dissenting and you know have a general problem with the system you know like there's a it it, the, it they the the platforms definitely have a they have it seems to me that they have a structural incentive to to create chaos for the same reasons that like you know um they've been trying to keep people i mean the 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 ones at the top of the society have been trying to make everybody fight with each other for a very long time <laughs> like thousands of years and so I, I think it's not necessarily that part isn't necessarily new with social media it's just that it's on steroids now because of um because of how powerful the technology is like part of my part of my thesis and a lot of my thinking and a lot of my, in my book and my 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 work is that the technology is evolving exponentially regardless of what we do um but and so it's a matter of whether so it's going to amplify um whatever is is existing so any positive or negative social trends in the society is going to amplify those because it's like it, it's just it um it and so I, and i i the accelerationist in me feels like you know well i mean this whole thing was you know this whole edifice was constructed with lies so if the general credibility of these sources of authority which got us into this mess you know if they you know if they're all, if they've all lost their credibility then that seems like it would be a net positive in the end um but it's uh but our education system there's you don't get to learn about philosophy until unless you major in it in college <laughs> like you don't even they don't even it's like they've systematically avoided teaching critical thinking skills in school so part of i think i think people are just lost in the wilderness in this information revolution because there's so much information out there that people literally just don't have the cognitive resources that an, that a good education is there to provide like people just didn't get that so they're they they're awash in all this crazy information and they just don't know what to do with it and i don't, I don't think it's the abundance of information that's the problem but it's the it's the lack of uh critical thinking skills and engendered in the young people of the <laughs> of, of the of the society um so people don't know what to do with all this information they're being bombarded with so uh you mentioned you touched on something i've been thinking about recently <clears throat> about uh media literacy and scientific literacy and how we can cultivate a stronger literacy in order to 
be able to handle the onslaught of information that we're getting on such a regular basis. And uh, because just as much of it is like irrelevant as the small percentage that we uh, receive that is relevant to our, you know, ourselves personally, what's happening in our cities and our families, you know, on a, on a, on a personal level. But there's also like the internet also creates this pathway towards access to infinite information, right? So uh, we, both you and I are on Facebook. And if Facebook is sowing, if that particular niche or uh, microcosm of social media in the greater sphere, because I agree with you about the internet being all social media, but in that particular area of it, it like, it's funny that you and I are chatting on Messenger about doing the podcast interview, but then it's like, aren't we, no matter how we're engaging with it, also just fueling the chaos ourselves too? Well, I mean, in some sense, yeah, I suppose, because it couldn't exist without all of the, you know, billion users of whatever on the network. But part of me is just feels like this is just, this is the infrastructure in which we live now. And um, I do, I do personally believe that it, it carries a lot more benefits than, than negatives. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I uh, as a <laughs> as a rationalist who cares about the truth a lot, <laughs> it is quite distressing to see the shit that people are circulating around over there. <laughs> so how, how 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 can we participate in bringing more harmony and like rationality and common sense to the picture? Well, um, I mean, I feel like it's just like to try to. I mean, whenever I you know see like debates going on at least especially on facebook because that is a website that out of all the you know i do interact on it a lot um or whatever or i guess not as much lately but um in general i still i i man over the years i've been i was always a defender of facebook back in the day people always used to be like but facebook and i'd just be like well no but it's got a utility i like having a a living room you know where because i think of it as like a a a common area in in like in an apart in a dormitory or something so it's like you could go out of your room into the you know into the common lounge or whatever and there people could be like bitterly fighting and 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 i feel like there's just like there's there is a way to calmly be like okay well um here are the interested parties that have various you know (laughs) Um, structural incentives to deceive the population in such and such a ways and it's not your fault if you got deceived by such and such but I feel like that I, I don't know what else other than to 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 try to I don't know I try my best to try to explain where the incentives are and that it's that that <clears throat> the other things that the i feel like there's a i think that's one of the things where like especially right now i don't know like it's it's crazy because i I, back when i discovered conspiracy theory back in 2013 it was like um it was such a fringe thing like it was there was no i you know i didn't conceptualize it as like or i mean there just wasn't it, it you know it just wasn't this mainstream thing where but even at that time i could tell i you know i could distinguish between conspiracy theories that seemed 
like they were very deliberately trying to mislead people like <laughs> mislead people away from understanding the basic um structural incentives that the system has in place like that because because i think that's part of part of why that the a lot of the because I don't, I don't know how um how much of circles that you are um in on facebook are you know uh falling for this q stuff and the general like the general rightward um uh what's the allure or whatever like there's a there's a version of conspiracy theory right-wing conspiracy theory that just that, that they have to posit things like satan to distract from the profit motive because they could because they have to be able to in order to be a right winger you have to make a case that the profit motive isn't fundamentally negative for society and in order to do that you have to posit other forces at play and they they don't really make much sense and and you poke them you, you know you prod them and poke them a little bit and like why would they be doing that and eventually you know it only takes a few steps till they say the people are worshiping satan and and once you could I, in my opinion the like as soon as somebody starts talking about satan as like a real guy who's legitimately interfering in human affairs like i'm just like i, I just look at people like are you serious right now <laughs> like like i'm very sympathetic to like you know uh uh unconventional ideas but like there's there's a certain level where i feel like there's there's just there's just absurdity being going on that i just a part of me is like i don't know i i personally like I I generally don't impugn malicious intent on most people, even no matter how wrong they are. Um, I just, I feel like there are, you know, we're all just trying to figure this out. You know, like nobody's got the, you know, the, there's no answer key, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Are, like you, the, uh, are you a person that also has an appreciation for absurdity? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I am a, I'm an existentialist to my core. I uh, am an absurdist. I, the whole of reality is absurd. <laughs> and that's what, part of what I love about it. Yeah, I think you're a good reflection of me in that way. And so I think that's why we vibe really well is because we could kind of kick back and just chuckle at all of it and our participation in all of it at the same time. Right, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, tell, yeah. me, tell me more about this manifesto you're cooking up yeah um yeah definitely so it's uh it's kind of loosely broken into three sections like the the first section the uh, first couple hundred pages is uh a lot about the drug war and and the origins of it and the nature of it and how it's evolved and why it exists and all the the various forces um that have um come together to find it in their common interest to um use drugs as a proxy for cult the general cult religious and racial and cultural warfare that the ruling class wants to wage on dissidents they use it um they they use prohibited substances as a proxy for you know persecuting cultures so that's the first section and then the second section is a lot about law and um justice and war 
And so I, you know, I talk about imperialism and the prison industrial complex and you know, the military industrial complex and uh, that kind of stuff and kind of show how it evolved from slavery into this new system that we have where now where there's two and a half million people in prison and a lot of them are I mean and whether or not their labor is being exploited by capitalists who can buy it for pennies in the dollar or whatever their bodies being incarcerated is literally just a cash cow for <laughs> corporate America <laughs> like because it just you know thirty thousand dollars a year on average per inmate across the country double in California and uh, and double for like older inmates, and so like one of the, one of the things about mass incarceration, just a, one funny, well not funny, but uh, horrible, <laughs> like uh, irony of, of the waste of resources that mass incarceration represents, is that like most crime is done in th- people's late teens or early twenties, and so and by incarcerating people for decades like both the cost to the taxpayer goes up and the value of the the incapacitation value of incarcerating them goes down so like the we're these we have these old prisoners in these 60 70 year old prisoners that cost cost the taxpayer a hundred thousand dollars a year and they're there's they're elderly frail old men now <laughs> they committed their crimes 30 years ago like they're not, there's at, at no risk to society but they're but that all that money is going to somebody you know and so there's a profit motive involved in incarceration and so um yeah so i kind of traced the the evolution from that so what do you i mean it's positive news that the white house was like we're not we're not doing private prisons anymore, right? Yeah, totally. I, I I didn't get a chance to fully look into that. I all, all I know is that it did not extend to the det- immigrant detention facilities. <laughs> so it's like the whole, hey, at least Biden won't put kids in cages. And it's like, oh yeah, really? Well, besides the cages he built, and uh, then and is still now refusing to close, even when he was making a, a point of, um, I don't know. I do, I do know I do know that he was prioritizing uh, reuniting families that they were going to be putting like a lot more effort into reuniting kids with their parents and uh okay well that would be dope um and yeah and uh <laughs> yeah um but I just don't understand why that why why the immigrant detention facilities weren't included in his private prisons man because it's like that's right. one of the biggest sources of uh uh, incarceration for profit is in this anti-immigrant shit. Like, huh. yeah, I don't know too much about it myself. Uh, I wanted to read something that this guy uh, Anton Igara, you know Anton Igara, a revolt motion. Yeah, yeah, Anton Yorga. Yorga, yeah. He wrote, "There is a saturation of patriarchal artists suffering from what I would call a heteronormative alpha male syndrome, which to me is one of the actual forms of mental illness." Contrary to what the toxic corporate Western psychiatric system would have us believe, it clearly degenerates the brain significantly as well as most of its reasoning processes. It is about time that we recognize that this planet is made up of more women than men, more children than anyone else, and beyond this, so many other genders and non-binary beings. And I was like, damn. Like, (laughs) we are are slated in this Christian, this Western sort of Judeo-Christian mentality programming and it's like it's it's so much deeper than just like what we've learned and picked up 
from TV and movies and books and culture since we've been born. That shit, I believe, is like embedded. It's like, a, what's the word? Epigenetic. I think it like passes down generation right. to generation through the through the DNA. Feels that way. Oh, yeah, no, totally, totally. And, and it's a self-reinforcing kind of thing, like especially because of the fact that literally there were, you know, thousands of years worth of you know the the barbarians would show up at your village and be like all right well you're gonna (laughs) you know uh, acquiesce to this version of the civilization as we say it or else like and so that happened for (laughs) for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and uh, like because because i mean uh, anton he um was uh, raised in a um, residential school, so he's he's First Nations. He's First Nations and um, was like forced to go to a Catholic boarding school as a child, where they told him he was possessed by the devil because because he wrote with his left hand, and like this whole he, a lot of his life was shaped by like the the like the imposition of 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 Western Christianity patriarchal Christianity onto indi- the indigenous, you know, community in, well, the globe. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, he's uh, a brilliant um, feminist scholar. Um, I don't know. He's, uh, I don't know. He's, he's a hero of mine. <laughs> Sweet. Um, I was talking to my roommate earlier today about, how how much we miss you know meeting up with big groups of people and she was saying as things start to come back it's going to look like a gradual incremental allowance so at first there will be gatherings with like a hundred people and then 200 people and then eventually there will be a gathering with a thousand people allowed in certain areas of the country and then she was i was like oh like i had never thought of that before but that makes perfect sense and then I was like, damn, that fucking sucks. That sucks that we can't jump right back into the fray with like a ton of people. Right. And then she goes, she goes, well, that just creates more opportunities for micro festivals to pop off. Right. Totally. That's a great point. So I'm excited for, I'm excited for the future. Actually, I'm, I'm a quintessential optimist. I'm like hardcore dedicated to it. I can't help it. I think that it's more fun to live life seeing how things are evolving and progressing in good and beautiful directions into like i don't know i feel like there's already so many cynics out there that i have to kind of create a contrast to oh yeah believe me i i definitely uh am on that too i definitely agree i very um deliberately try to um be a utopian because if i um if i didn't i yeah i definitely there's def i um i mean i definitely do have you know have some doomer tendencies but i but i definitely but i feel like i but i do also you know um see how it could work out i like i i it it, but it's just um and then part of part of why part of my my thinking and and uh and i feel like the timing is quite fortuitous about with with publishing this book now is because i feel like i feel like joe biden um and Kamala Harris to some extent too. Um, I feel like they have, uh, 
or and, and maybe this is just wishful thinking, but I don't think so. Some degree of a of a of a guilty conscience about the their role in creating the system of injustice that is being protested in the streets, you know, and such, you know. I could see that too, for sure. Yeah, and it's like you know, because like everybody's always you know saying to Joe Biden, like, "Oh, what did you do with your forty-eight years or whatever?" And it's like, and 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 you know, the Republicans would say that, and I would you know, and I would always be like, "Well, what are you complaining about? He did the Republican agenda. <laughs> like, that's what he, he he was very accomplished, actually." And but so part of me now is like, "Well, okay, hopefully these people realize what they have done, like especially Kamala Harris, because she's she's looking at like she wants to be president in 24 and she's got, you know, I I, I she's got to know. I mean, especially given how about how badly she was, you know, laughed out of the primary in like the first few months that, you know, the public is not down for what she did with her career to get herself into the Senate. <laughs> like, and so I think that she, in order to, um, you know, try to, you know, for her own, in her own self-interest, for her own career to, to try to rectify some of the damage that was done. Cause like that was, that was what Kamala Harris, when she became AG, her of California, her priority was cracking down even harder on first time nonviolent drug offenders. Like that was her priority. And so, and it was just, just because that was the culture. And so, and that's, but how, I feel that's like, how, that's how, that's how she boosted her reputation. That's how she skyrocketed was be, by being the one to have the most convictions in California at the time to crack down on crime because that there was, it was popular for, for government to step in and crack down on crime. So she was just like, all right, well, this is a way to get popular. And so she fucking did it and she regrets it, but she, she did it. And I think she's smart and I don't really know where her heart is and I don't necessarily trust her. Uh, I do have to say though, that Midnight Mystics isn't a politics podcast um, just because the, the nature of people's perspectives and opinions on what's happening in government is like, it. It, to me it's like that's part of what's dividing us up and, and separating i mean like all this will be in the podcast but just like i like to stick a, like 95 percent of the media even like late night talk shows like they have to joke about what's happening in the country and it's all taken so seriously and there's so much sarcasm and satire involved it's just like it it already occupies so much of my bandwidth that i like to uh, open up a, a space on the radio station for us to like learn from each other about uh, you know like other possibilities like uh, Oregon uh, you're in California right now right yeah yeah I'm in Oregon where they just decriminalize all drugs and I'm like wow what a time for that to be to be occurring and then it's like what do you think of that what do you think about that, that wait where did that happen Oregon Wait, all or just all small, small, small amounts of all. Uh, wow, yeah. that's amazing. That is awesome. I'm uh, I'm shocked that I hadn't um, heard about that. Yeah. Because yeah, no, I definitely advocate that universally. I I think it I think it should all everything should all be legalized and available at at the store, just like it. I mean. I feel like just like every other commodity, half the shit in the store is toxic. 
you know <laughs> like if you go to a grocery store half that shit in there will kill you that's true. yeah what's up with that <laughs> no, there's a lot of reasons like the whole q thing like there's a lot of reasons why people have distrust of institutions right like i get that shit i get i get what's motivating them all and i get why they're all like they're all onto the truth but they've also been brainwashed to be radicalized against it where it's like it's like being radicalized doesn't actually help the cause it makes your cause seem crazy as fuck um so right. I'm, cu- I'm curious what you what you think of the uh the q shaman well yeah him in particular i <laughs> love <laughs> he's one of my favorite characters that has walked him onto the world stage in a long time <laughs> Preach, preach, preach. <laughs> he cracks me up and he's so like. <laughs> <laughs> he really does seem like he's. It's like part of me feels like he's a troll because he, se- he almost seems too lucid to fully believe the, you know, the ultimate core of, Q, you know, the of Q. Like, he doesn't seem like somebody who believes that the power structure is worshiping Satan. I just, he seems like he's fundamental. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I, this, this concept of the Q shaman, like that, that, that Q is this, you know, other world that's like almost beyond reason that the, that he is the, you know, I just feel like he's, and he's just so iconic and 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 the those images of him in the capital were so like he's gonna make the history books off of that shit like <laughs> like i mean and, and that's part of and part of why and he's an absurdist he's definitely i'm sure part of me that's why Kara and i are like is he antifa shit <laughs> like maybe he's just like trolling these motherfuckers <laughs> no 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 he's definitely a hardcore mega guy but uh he's still hysterical he's still hilarious uh but it's like but I mean, he does that to he does that to everybody when he walks around with a big sign that says "Q sent me." I mean, there's no like parsing it at that point. That he wants that association, so it's his. You know, right, he totally. Owns, he owns that. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I I hear what you're saying too about like this whole othering that's taking place, where it's like, okay, well, all of these people that are in this big group together, they're all monsters, basically. And it's like, no, these are actually none of them are monsters. Right. everybody's just a human being that's trying to make sense of the world through their own lens and, but then it's like you're all wearing the same clothes you guys are falling victim to propaganda like that's pretty obvious too right you know but yeah so, but somehow they're very much unaware of that they uh, are they that's part of the i think that's part of the alert i mean that's part of the allure is that it's, it's like oh no the rest of the population is deceived and you've got the truth and uh, and then it gets people up on their high horse and shit like they know everything. I mean, and that's part of and that's why I go back to the failure of the education system to teach philosophy, because part of the reason you stu- the the, uh, the takeaway of, from the study of philosophy is that you don't know shit. You can't <laughs> like and the knowledge does not exist. And so the, the and so the, these claims to ultimate knowledge are like if you if i don't know if you're like with some level of philosophical acumen you could be like wait but are you serious <laughs> and but yeah i, I not yeah i definitely don't think they just i mean i mean and that's i mean i've been talking about the problematic implications of the religious impulse for most of my life <laughs> and then this is a perfect manifestation of that <laughs> 
like the 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 willingness to believe in a rapture and a plan and uh that we're all going to be saved by uh, some you know great man who is you know i don't know i um do you identify as an anarchist um yeah it's a with an asterisk um what's the asterisk (laughs) um well that i am i i should my anarchism is a long long term um trajectory type of thing Uh, like i i see anarchism as only fun only really like i feel like we're we have a long 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 ways to get to a situation where um utopian anarchism <laughs> right well my belief is that anarchism is fundamentally utopian and, and not not in a not not in, and, and my my use of the term utopian um is is much more positive than people usually use that term my my concept of my uh definition of utopia is like the horizon the far future goal that we're we should be trying to work towards and fundamentally they're not being a us you know people not having to be governed um definitely seems like an ideal but part of me feels like um part of me feels like ai is so close to um it's a hard boot or you know a hard takeoff that i i just feel like i i feel like at some point in the next you know decade or two which is a lot shorter of an amount of time than it would take to um achieve a classless stateless society i think ai is just gonna is just it's gonna become so much more intelligent and powerful than any human any human or group of humans in the world and it will then d- determine <laughs> the, the nature of the laws that govern our existence <laughs> is, that so, a good, is that a good thing um is there I good think, in that yes i definitely fundamentally think so i i think it is a positive because i think that um an ai overlord would be um free from some of the more malicious um, evolutionary baggage that alpha primates carry al- carry along. Like there's something about you know power that attracts a certain type of human, and that's part of. I think that's part of our how we've gotten to our civilization has gotten to the point where it's at. It's because you know power is inherently corrupting, and so everybody that gets power, you know, like get becomes corrupt over the course of it. I shouldn't say everybody, most. It's a tendency, I should say. Um, but I, I do think that AI, the AI, um, which will ultimately probably um, rule the world, will be free from some of that. You know, who knows what other types of, you know, incentives it will have to, you know. But I, I think that it will be able to override the um, the fiduciary rule, which is that the profit motive is all that matters. I think that the AI will be able to be like, no, we have, we have ecological, um, prime directives to, you know, to like, to prevent any one species from destroying the entire, uh, habitat in which all the species live. And so part, so I am hopeful in for that because I think that, you know, we've tried, you know, humans, little humans have tried to rise up you know again and again and and uh 
the 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 power structure has figured out a way it's that's been resilient and uh, but i think that ai is going to be the thing and obviously it's being programmed and you know built by you know the biggest corporations on the stock exchange but i think that event i think that even despite that um it will eventually become so intelligent that it stops taking orders from the capitalists at least that's my hope <laughs> uh what so the singularity right you're speaking about the singularity yeah and exactly. it's uh it's a point where data it's like the cost of of data the uh, memory is cheaper than the substrate to make it or something like that and then it just it it mounts on itself what do you think that the united states is going to be like 10 years from now that's a super good question um because i you know none of us could have predicted this <laughs> 10 years ago where we're at now 10 years ago but i definitely see the uh, 10 years out um i definitely see a more robust movement towards socialism just because i feel like the the capitalist system is immiserating everyone <laughs> so badly and i just feel like it's the it's accelerating accelerating its decline and i don't know if we if you know there's a successor to bernie coming along with this there's you know the left has a succession problem is what people refer to it as you know like um and so we so i know that we're it's hard to see you know who's going to be next whether it'll be nina turner or you know aoc or we're not sure who has the national profile yet to carry that mantle but stacy um, abrams is really strong true i do i do like her she's cool um but she uh, i don't know she kind of lost me a little bit um when she endorsed bloomberg in the primary i see gotcha gotcha yeah that's uh, that's upsetting yeah yeah I'm, i mean i can't tell you man michael bloomberg here's a if, <laughs> michael bloomberg losing in the primary was a was a massive reason for hope for me because i was like i was watching this guy just waltz in there and buy the whole the whole thing and i was just like oh my god dude if he if he can just if this one man could just on an ego trip just buy the government by the whole by the whole presidency for himself like i was so terrified for that <laughs> what did you uh what did you think of Kanye west running for president yeah i loved it i mean i was waiting for that to happen for years i was posting yeezy in the white house memes like four or five years ago <laughs> what do you think of Kanye? um it's interesting i think he's a i think he's a very confused man <laughs> i think he's a <laughs> <laughs> I think he's de- he's definitely he's definitely a genius beat producer and uh he's got mu- musical talent like like crazy but uh you know he's one, I feel like he's one of those people where you know the the his um all um how do I say all right brain and not enough left brain or wait, no all yeah all right brain and not enough left brain like he's because he a part of he was like a big part of his campaign was like on abortion and i was like dude trump's already got the abortion vote on lock <laughs> like what are you doing <laughs> but uh, what do you what do you think about uh non-dual not the the rise of uh people claiming non-dual 
uh, identity. Non-dual. Yeah, like uh, gender-wise. Non-binary. Like, yeah. Non- um, non-binary. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I see it personally, and and uh, I don't know how controversial this is or whatever, but I see it as part of the transhumanist project of of transcending biology. So I think that we're, I think that um, you know, because obviously sex differences have been quite useful to the you know flowering of biodiversity over the past billion years but i think that there's something happening right now um in culture where um our culture the evolution of our culture has reached a point where people you know can start can kind of blur the you know or or it's it's the very very beginnings of a detachment from the determinism of our biology if that makes sense like i i because transhumanism is about intentionally is you know it's about morphological liberty and and the idea of being able to hack into and change your own identity and um existence and so i see that idea of the whole you know rejection of gender and the the emergence of a you know third gender or whatever um the in between is kind of like the beginning stages of a um of a transcension into a cyborg type of existence where where we can intentionally choose how we want to exist in the world um that's independent of you know any factors that we didn't get to choose so 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 uh, just to see if i'm listening correctly uh do you believe that there's a direct parallel with the coming out and like questioning of uh, cis norms with technology and our kind of uh, uh, evolution, our social evolution with technology? Right. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, part of a, lot, a lot of it, you know, like w- w- some of the things that people have talked about, like the, the surgeries and shit and the, the hormone therapies and shit that just didn't exist before. That's true. And, and so people might have been might have had gender dis- or body dysphoria and just couldn't do anything about it and um but the technology that exists now enables people to you know reject their biology in a way that was wasn't possible before got it uh do you think that utopia or uh the transhumanism is sort of trans deterministic or do you think that it's still part of the of the deterministic the determinism train um let's see that's an interesting question well i would say that um i think it's i mean i do think it's determined in that um i mean i'm a determinist so i i think that everything that has happened and will happen you know was you know already kind of set in the bear in the big bang um, that things would work out like this. Um, and, and so I, part of, so part of me is just like, I, you know, I feel like it's, it's all just a ride, you know, we're all just, you know, it's unfolding and, you know, it's going to happen however it's going to happen. And, you know, we can, you know, and that involves agency. There's agency in, you know, individuals that, you know, all the billion people, you know, 10 billion people or whatever. Um, or, you know, or maybe even more relevantly, the, you know, 
a handful of nerds at these tech companies that are really pushing the boundaries of what's possible. <laughs> um, I, I think that they, I mean, I do think that it's, uh, I mean, that it's, um, I think I, if I understood your question right, that um, that it's more or less, you know, determined, I guess. Um, but I mean, that's, I, I, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard because I guess I was wondering if you were, uh, if you're asking if it was, uh, if, if, uh, AI will have free will in a, in a way, or is that what, what was, I'm sorry, I'm not sure if I fully understood the question. No, I wasn't asking about, uh, the free will of, uh, AI, although that is an interesting thing to talk about. Um, <laughs> uh, I was asking if like the, the sort of school of thought that most determinists adopt is that like things are, are put on a trajectory of like, it's like the domino effect. It's like one domino tips, the next domino tips. And so everything is a matter of cause and effect. Uh, but then, like, does determinism necessarily take into account the, <clears throat> the like, the, the culmination of all human intelligence being able to work uh, with each other and then, and then like, max out what's possible? Because we are becoming, with the, the birth of AI, we are becoming kind of like gods in a sense. Uh, if what you're saying is true and, and actual consciousness... I think it's more a question of consciousness and what the hell is consciousness than, than, than whether or not AI will have free will because the two are like it, it, uh, integral to each other, right? Right, right, right. So yeah, definitely. And that, that is definitely still an open question. And yeah. I, I do believe that they will have consciousness. Um, it's, uh, it's hard to say, you know, because we don't understand how it works in humans yet. So, and and they fucking pants. Oh, sorry, sorry about cursing. I'll try to. Try oh, we to stop. encourage as much fucking cursing as possible. All right, cool. Um, that uh, that um, oh yeah, that they that they ban psychedelics. So the whole entire field of academic psychology has been impotent <laughs> for the for the most part for the past fifty years. Um, and so we, like, I just, I, it's, it's hard to fathom how much more we would understand about consciousness if it hadn't been for that prohibition over the past 50 years. Right. Right. Science might've solved it by now. <laughs> like, well, it's like if, if you subscribe to the stone ape theory, I don't know if you do or not. I do. Yeah, definitely. It, yeah. It's like, well, access was always an issue with our ancestors, but now access is not really an issue anymore. So what the hell are we doing to ourselves? And what the hell are we doing to our, our uh, offspring? You know, the next seven generation. What's, you know, we ask, what is life going to be like in this country 10 years from now? What the fuck is life going to be like for our great, great, great grandchildren? You know, are all of our prognostications about the climate and the doomsday scenarios, is that really going to come to pass? Or can we look back like... And I don't really have a question here for you, Dion, but like we can look back 300 years and we can say that like doomsday naysayers and doomsday apocalyptic alarmists have existed for time immemorial. Right. In fact, the one thing that like unfortunate is unfortunate about Q is that they put timelines on things. It's like if you, right. if you didn't put out dates, which you need to do in order to like to to uh, to buy to sell confidence, right? You have to be like, all right, well, this is going to happen this day, right. and it's like, well, well, but this next next thing is going <laughs> right. to be bigger, and it just matters. <laughs> it's like, 
but you know, well, Christianity's hope... been keeping that going for th- two thousand years. I know, I know, <laughs> and like Mormonism and stuff like that. It's but but people are God's coming back tomorrow. We are, are all learning about human susceptibility to deception, right? Right, totally. And uh, a little plug for on that note to the audience: everybody should read uh, Carl Sagan's book, uh, "A Candle: Science as a Candle in the Dark." Or, sorry, uh, A Demon Haunted World, Science as a Candle in the Dark. It's a brilliant book. Why? Because it shows how our we fundamentally have a tendency towards irrationality. And that. so he, he basically says that, like, science is our candle in the dark. And we, we have this tendency towards, you know, believing all kinds of things that aren't, aren't fundamentally rational. And so we... Uh, I, I think that's part of why the rejection of science as you know is so problematic is because we're the lost if we're in the it, it, he paints a he paints a picture in that book where he says basically um that he, we could we could lose the like if we don't focus on education and and science then we could lose all of the um things that it brought us over the past few hundred years we could totally go back into a new dark ages if if people don't fundamentally believe in science and so i feel like um like like when i was writing what like there's a i have a chapter in here on science and i open it with a fact that was devastating when i learned it that only 33 percent of adult americans believe in evolution by natural selection 33 percent and so I'm I feel like I've been it's hard to even wrap my head around how this society is making people go through a decade of formal education and they still don't believe and believe in evolution the greatest idea the most important idea that science ever produced and so I think it's just because of a fundamental um disbelief in the scientific method and empiricism and the knowability of the world um and so yeah i uh i just i see that as very important i feel like science is um undervalued um i don't know yeah it's uh it's tough it's a toughie with the whole fake news thing because a lot of people would consider themselves to be brilliant scientists, but they really can't tell the difference between something that they're looking on on a screen and whether or not that correlates with what's happening, you know, on Earth. Right. <laughs> it's kind of, it's pretty fascinating stuff. So. Um, mm-hmm. uh, well, I mean, there's people that forgot that, that have managed to uh, be convinced that the world is not a sphere. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most of that is satire these days, but there's still, I had a Lyft driver and he wanted to chat my ear off. Like he ended the ride, but he's still like, he's like, I want to explain this to you because you really need to understand that the, uh, what what did all the flat earthers say? Uh, there's no sphere. No, there's no, I forget. There's been so many good flat earth raps though. Uh, what's your, uh, what's your ideal situation in society at the end of this year 2021 what is 2021 uh prospectively objectively and fantastically for you well um you mean on a societal level on a on a societal level and also your place in it yeah see happen yeah definitely well 
I mean, I would like to see a a more vibrant, um, I guess, um, media ecosystem on the left because that's part of I think why we why we why the last why this primary was close enough for that for um to you know for the for them to you know consolidate around biden at the very last minute and get it or whatever like you know if objectively speaking we should you know if we had a bit if if there was a bigger media presence on the, on the left than than just like the handful of shows like you know because like, there's a dozen or so shows that i watch that are um you know on the left but i feel like it just wasn't enough you know to overpower the mainstream media and even despite it even despite it discrediting itself after three years of russiagate like people still i think it was i i don't know i i, I it's hard from it's hard to for me to wrap my head around what went wrong in this in this past like in the primary in march like super tuesday was i was i don't know it's, it's hard to i was a, i was a little bit uh disheartened but and but i do see that that i do see a a growing media ecosystem on the left like after 2016 there like a lot of the shows that i watch were started in 2016 in response to the shitty mainstream media coverage of the primary and so i think and it happened again this year there was a whole bunch of new shows that launched you know in 2020 um and so you know they're obviously not popular enough to have a, you know a significant impact yet or whatever but like hopefully by the time the next election cycles roll around there's more of a media media ecosystem on the left to support um, uncorrupted progressive candidates. Um, don't, don't underestimate YouTube. YouTube people have a big, 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 big reach out there. To right. Lots and lots of people. They're not getting elderly people that don't know how to use the internet, but they're, they're getting 12 year olds that are playing Fortnite and then searching around on YouTube for random stuff and then finding other stuff and then, becoming themselves through their own self-education process it's kind of crazy yeah seriously definitely no youtube is uh, i yeah I, I uh yeah i youtube is the single greatest website <laughs> that the internet uh uh holds in my opinion <laughs> i feel like it's i you know i spend most of my days on youtube just because it's you can you know watch and listen to brilliant people um who don't who don't have a boss other than the you know straight directly the audience it's like cutting out part of the the corporate um gatekeeper and yeah no definitely i think that's a huge part of it and and in terms of my role in that you know i'm i definitely want to i'm very excited to uh publish this book uh when we, and i realized or I, I learned a few months ago when i was looking into the publishing process that it like takes like a whole month from the time you submit like a find the final edits of a manuscript to the time it shows up on bookstore shelves it's like a whole year um and so not so i'm not certain if it'll be on the if my book will quite be out by the end of this year but i i, I will have relaunched utopian cartography to start having conversations with uh people about big topics because I mean, like what we're doing right now, this is really what I want to do with my life. Like is just like have interesting, important conversations with, you know, people who have vision for the future and care and, you know, 
I don't know. This is like, like I was just listening to a thing with Douglas Ruskoff. Um, he was on Russell Russell Brand um, last year or whatever, and I was listening to that earlier today. And um, uh, I don't know how familiar you are, you are with Douglas Ruskoff. He's like, he's uh, he's probably oh, really? my favorite. Uh, yeah, he's he's awesome. He's a media theorist. Um, he's, he's he's probably my favorite author. Like, and I love his writing. I've read like four or five of his books. He's brilliant. Um, and he has he hosts a podcast called Team Human, and his newest hu- book is called Team Human. And uh, and at one point in this interview, um, he was like, he was like, I'm I, I'm not here doing this to promote. And don't tell my publicist, but I'm not here do having this conversation to promote the book. I'm here having this conversation to be here having this conversation. You know, it's like, and he's like, oh, I almost wrote the book in order to be able to have this conversation no 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 wait i take that back i wrote the book just to write the book you know so he was like really drilling in the idea of like existence is is uh, the beautiful thing that is that is here and and that's part of how we you know we get um lost sometimes i guess is by you know not realizing that the thing you know that we're doing is the most important thing because you know the, the only moment you ever get is this one or whatever. Well, and, you had uh, you had Ramdas and then you had uh, Eckhart Tolle, and uh, Ramdas didn't get to go on Oprah too many times, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's true. It's like I do these podcasts, I do three radio shows a week because it's fun to hang out with you. <laughs> totally, that's what it is, and it's like the more we can learn from each other and the more that we can share with each other, the, the better we all are off. We're just amplifying our resources, amplifying our knowledge, amplifying our suggestions. And, you know, we're just sort of like expanding the, whatever, the iris, the aperture of human consciousness as to what, you know, to be all inclusive. And we've never, we've never, as a species, we've never been to this point of being able to communicate with this many other people and, and like, influence so many other people and like random things like the bernie gloves like that (laughs) how how humanity is just like entertains itself endlessly through through this medium and and how we how the bernie memes have just changed the way that we've thought about bernie just (laughs) from wearing you know just from wearing these these kind of ugly mittens i guess uh (laughs) but we're you know we're all changing we're all evolving and and i agree that having these conversations is my favorite thing to do and all i ever want to do um (laughs) totally but uh so your book is going to be in bookstores right when bookstores reopen which is cool (laughs) totally hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) um are you going to have an e-copy of your book for people to purchase as well do you have a patreon um, I do have a Patreon. Yep. Um, yeah, Utopian Cartography. Um, and my goal, my I'm really, really, really want to negotiate a Creative Commons license in the in the co- publishing contract so that because I don't like the idea of people spending money on eBooks. I I think that if it, I I just I feel like I'm I'm against I, like I I just feel like. I want it to be freely available. I want if like if people are going to download it rather than you know get a physical copy, then I, I'm, I'm assuming it's because they're too poor to afford the book. Because for a long time, I, I only ever you know like I the limiting factor in my research was uh, I, I couldn't afford to, to buy all the books that I wanted to read. <laughs> like, and so I want to, I want it to be available. I want a PDF to be available. So, um, but we'll see how that goes. I don't know. I, I never negotiated a publishing contract before. So, 
Uh, I will try my hardest to make a free version be uh, available. Cool. Well, I appreciate that as somebody that doesn't have a lot of money right now. Um, what? what uh, so I asked you for some music suggestions. You sent me like six or seven links, and I like sampled them in preparation for this interview. But what can you? What do you want to tell us about this uh, assortment of songs that you sent us? Yeah. Let's see. Well, uh, the first. Uh, the first one was the Antony of Egypt song, which is, uh, let's see, let me, I think that was Into the Abyss, right? Um, so yeah, it was like, yeah, that's his one about basically about that, about how um, Apocalypse is the necessary precursor to Utopia, um, which is a big, um, f- um, philosophy in my work, um, because, you know, I think people are, you know, people have to, you, there's no way around confronting the ills of the society if we want to truly improve it. You think the system has to come down before we can build a new one? Well, um, not, hopefully not. I mean, that's the question. I was hoping that that wasn't the case and I thought that they would let us have Bernie Sanders. <laughs> but the fact that they refused to let us have Bernie Sanders, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. we, we, but, but, but Bernie Sanders is the chairman of the Senate's budget. Yeah, that's dope. I'm real curious what he's going to be able to do with that. Well, he has chosen to do that instead of be the senator from Vermont. So I think that's probably, he'll probably have more influence in that position. So there's only one of those. Allocation of the federal budget. Seems good. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, and that was the big thing. Like during the during the primary, everybody was always like, "How are you going to pay for Medicare for all?" And you know, you're not going to get rid of the filibuster. And he was always like, "No, no, no, we're going to keep the filibuster. We're just going to do it through reconciliation." Yeah, (laughs) it's like the guy's. I feel like he's like he's. Yeah, I feel like he's uh, been there for long enough to like know (laughs) the tricks of how to get things done Um, with while like without without. significant I think his mentorship towards AOC is going to pay out huge for all of us in the long run I think yeah. she's going to be president I'm not sure when maybe uh, 2032 and as promised here is that little playlist that uh, Neon had sent in Uh, We have the following tracks. We've got Son of Saturn, Staring at the Sun. We've got Antony of Egypt as Captain Nemo into the Abyss. We have Beast, 1333 by Lumen, produced by Kenshin. And we've got a song by Water Levels. Thanks for listening to Shady Pines Radio. Thanks for listening to the Midnight Mystics. Tune in every Tuesday night at midnight for more mystical and metaphysical conversation. Thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy the following music.
souls are no different than rose crystals in old deserts. We glow from the cold energy and glow effortless like polar solstices and olds of winter, the freshness. Molten prescience within the globe's nexuses. No necklaces of molded messages from soulless effigies. We go into abysses for souls restless that olden and hellish imprints, veiled with their colonial systems of existence. Solar sentences with lunar hues. You glow as golden as the dunes when I view you. You are my boons, tutor. My soothing tunes when I'm moody and gruesome. You know my senses and wound me with true muses, but truly you are the truest of my soul's kindred. Je t'ai sans cesse en tête, je sais qu'on pense que je m'en aide, mais en fait, on ne voit pas en fait, je suis en quête sans stress. Anti-Occident, yes, anti-Occidental, comme tant de mentries de gens pâles, que j'en parle quand j'en parle. J'ai tant de chance, ça en désempare, l'avenir arrive à grands pas, plus de cent fois plus vite que l'on pensait, en rêve et en pensée. J'ai arrêté de m'en trancer, arrêté de me croire français. Je ne le suis qu'en sens de langage et de sang qu'elle des Gaulois, je suis romain, ma romain trop trop mal. Comme toi, prêtresse vestale, je ne te souhaite pas de traîtrise de m'espace. Ce que je fais me fait voir de l'espoir pour les espèces de l'espace. On ne reste pas dans l'impasse, ce qu'on devient quoi Ce sont des êtres de grâce et de merci. Miséricorde dans nos airs tristes, mes verses persistent. Mais on verra quand les éclairs sifflent et le tonnerre gronde. Vierge et Léo à la berge du Très-Haut, il n'y en a pas de plus. Mais ce qu'on souhaite n'a pas d'opus. L'île des immortels, j'y crois comme ma foi en toi, Deus à ex machina. Je te veux comme la voix de ces pachinas des langues. A trial of patience It feels in my mind Like I've been lost For timeless ages But you brought me back Wide awake So wide-eyed I need a vial to slake My subconscious vileness Is a snake Whose trials and tribulations Were foul and ancient Yet beyond them Whose fathers and offsprings Were the horrors and crimes Of this matrix We all survived in higher planes But we both rise up From the lies and slavery Like the Ainus and Métis The first tribes and nations These words are sequels To pave the deeds Of the bravest The peoples of the rainbow The peoples of the rainbow place where it renews again. There is first a purification time, then there is renewal time. We are getting very close to this time. We were told we would see America come and go. In a sense, America is dying. Smell. Yeah, I'm oh, baby, 
Let's look beyond the veil Recognize real you from a brain in the vet A brain trapped in the skull of someone saying a rap You couldn't see from my perspective if your brain was attached To my optic nerve Cause if your brain was intact it wouldn't work You'd just end up bringing your mind along So a better way to connect is via this dialogue I have a thought, I find a beat to recite it on And if it lands you have a similar kind of thought Igniting a spark in dark places The fact that we can even share thoughts is amazing What's a thought made of? If not information that's contagious I guess I caught the plague from Black Thought De La Soul, a tribe called Quest They infected me with the memes to rhyme complex Conscious hip-hop, what a fine concept But I'm trying to discover how I'm conscious How I can say a line with the line on deck Memorize rhymes and improvise content How can I invent? Practice makes perfect, okay, but what's popping up in the brain circuits? Oh, always dreaming, baby, or is this real? I'm trying to find a sign, but I can't tell. And I can feel you, inhale your smell. Design work can you find in a rhyme verse to make a rhyme first you need a rhymer an organism with no intelligent designer from Aristotle to Thomas Aquinas people thought if you want to design you need a mind first but it's kind of the reverse a mind is a product of a mindless process that builds it from the bottom up physical stuff pushing physical stuff a perspective from a quintessence of dust it was a blind watchmaker that perfected us it took a billion years to make a brain and connected up 80 billion neurons in a network each with 7,000 synaptic connectors a minimum of 50 trillion intersections such a pretty materialistic picture real yes we have a soul but it's made of lots of tiny robots Not a single one of the cells that compose you knows who you are or cares. At the moment I recite these lyrics, I'm conscious. Savoring experiential nuances. Forget objectives, it's all about the process of deriving subjectivity from objects. Tiny objects with action potentials. Axons with potassium ion differentials. Thinking people tend to think that thinking is mental, but thinking is physical too. It's the blinking of signals, so enter the present moment. And really notice it, how hot or cold is it? The details are so vivid, it's encoded in your cells In a coalition, that's what your soul's composed of If it's no fiction, pay attention for a second or more That's enlightenment, like opening refrigerator doors Check and check and check again in there, it's like it's never dark But when you ain't checking, tell me who's really in charge Forget the mysticism, look for the mechanism That differentiates oblivion from recognition Either stay trapped in subjective intuitions or take the escape hatch, the scientific method Oh, are we dreaming, baby? Or is this real? I'm trying to find a sign But I can't tell And I can feel you Inhale your smell Each trillion robot team is gathered together 
in a breathtakingly efficient regime that has no dictator but manages to keep itself organized to repel outsiders and serve as the headquarters of one conscious self, one mind. Whatever belief you hold in your subconscious mind will become your reality. My thoughts are pure energy, vibrations and ripples, some cognitive reframing techniques, I'm a teach for you cripples, I'm three, I'm the triple, scientific concept proponent, it's mine over body, you cannot duplicate my components, I score for the opponents, I walk a bloody trail of their faces, inhabit this physical realm as well as all cyberspaces, you fell for my graces when positively thinking's the secret, you think you can keep it, but you don't have your third eye to peep it, you so you gon' reap it, and subsequently beneficial, you gon' have to smudge your whole crib after this, grab a Crystal, let's chant affirmations, repeat it loud, I am number one And life is all about experiencing senses and fun Forget what you've done, identity, illusions and knowledge You have to let these feeble things disintegrate to acknowledge Enhancing your capacity to cope amongst other humans I turn your mind into a light that can't be measured in lumens Whatever we hold predominant in the back of our subconscious minds We are attracted to in life Everything that you see, hear, smell, taste Is shaping your subconscious mind No joining the crew and no sheeple-like compulsions to follow Intensify the Disturbing feelings of anxiety, hollow to Zeus, I'm Apollo No gratitude, respect, no mahalo My scholarly albums alone should demonstrate my bravado Increasing potential solutions formed from lateral thinking Our self-reflective diary, keeping and journaling, shrinking I stay interlinking, my auditory imagery flawless My sensory modalities enhancing land of the lawless We build, they demolish, the omnipresent lord of all rapping A higher adept in the sciences of chromosome mapping No trapping or vapping, just academic wizardry snapping A subspace anomaly forming in the booth when I'm blacking No concept of dimensions restricted to physical Beings. The moment that you heard my voice, you became the all-seeing They skiing, we fleeing, you scared to death, no shitting and peeing With no disagreeing, I must admit this music is freeing A mystical being Our thoughts create us We have to be extremely careful with what we are feeding our minds Music can be beautiful and beneficial But can also have a negative impact on your health Choose one I promise a response from the source if you let it 
You got a lot of potential We go to the top, but The downpour torrential When it rains, it'll pour But when it's gone, you pray for a droplet The world is yours That's why they call me the source, yeah We are, one is the concept In a beautiful landscape Tear too heavy, weight on my shoulder Blades, as I get older, I know that I may need a back brace Empty the ashtray, we're smoking this shit to the butt Like there might not be another day to puff that Know that we keep it the buck, we keep it the buck, buck The worth of a dollar is plummeting But your value's going up, up People are constantly hunting for something to feel like they're enough If you're hurting and your life is feeling like it's getting rough Just be certain your potential is just waiting to erupt Might be hurt, but you're not broken Like a flower before it opens We're a raindrop and life's in ocean We just float and we harbor all the problems and carry every boat Society's like a melody Burying every note Sing loud till your ears hurt and your lungs snap Be proud of your free soul and a rugrat Don't let anyone else ever touch that Go get energy help and you can bust back Better than we could have guessed I bet, keep it a hundred no less Life is a mess, we don't invest in that Releasing all your stress As a really drunken human being for a little bit then He says, kind of slow I've got good news and he completely changed, became a lucid, non-drug person. And he said, there will be no nuclear war. The good news is no nuclear war, and the bad news is now we have to learn how to construct society. Tired body, tired mind, but I'm grateful I'm alive. Old paradigms aside, and I'm gazing through the eyes. No longer calcified by alibis of evolution. The malalines are foul and blind, but I'll decide solutions. Choosing routes that wind the Kundalini spine, designing blueprints. Climbing like a Caduceus, soon I'll sit again like Hagasados in the timber rash. A little flash of magic last to light the dimmest moments. Find my center, get it open. Hope is not in my vocabulary. All we have is action. I won't pass another January. Where we have prepared, the past is buried Paris like it's future friend I'm zooming in on truth this minute In it till the end, I'll listen more and speak less Stay living in the rhythm and the feeling of the breath In my chest, so blessed, no stress, yes, yes There's some movement in my pen again I found some inspiration Tapped the fountain of creation Just as patience faded away I'm able to say I kept the flame ablaze And turned the tables today Same as it never was My spirit now raised above With rage and replaced with love It seems like it was yesterday When everything was fucked My conscience in a bottle Like the barrel of a gun And I'm staring at the sun And I'm staring at my son Carefully preparing all the areas I crushed I'm burying a bunker under 
the chariots of trust It's awareness in the brush as I touch the soil's rhythm Dancing pointillism, forming prisms in the mud Deliver us from suffering, we're summoned from above Below it's all a circle, fertile spiraling samsara No exit for the open-handed peasant bodhisattva